Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey, everyone, and welcome into Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Agadad-Leaf, NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague co-host, Lisa Carlin, analyst and broadcaster for CBS Sports. On today's show, we are going to recap the 2-0 victory against Wales. And we're going to touch on NWSL because that's happening right now as we are live, of course. So (laughs) a quick reminder before we take a deep dive into everything, make sure you download, follow and subscribe to us so that you never miss out on a single episode because the World Cup literally starts next week. Attacking third, of course, is your location for all of your U.S. Women's National Team and World Cup news analysis and more. We've arrived. Lisa. that's what it feels like. How are you doing tonight? Oh, it's so exciting. Finally, I honestly woke up this morning and I was like, yay, it's a U.S. send off day. Like they finally get to play against Wales. We get to get a glimpse of this 23 players that Black Wadonofsky has called into the World Cup. We get to see who's going to play, see how much we get to see from Blacko in the U.S. Um, little sneak peek, not much. I mean, like in terms of how, how, how close he held his cards to his chest, very close to his chest. Uh, we're going to talk about it, dive all in, but I cannot believe it's finally here. Um, and attacking third, we'll be covering it throughout the entirety through the final August 20th. Be sure that you have downloaded us as a podcast, right? Spotify, Stitcher, Apple podcast, Google podcast, anywhere that you listen to us for everyone that joins us on YouTube, hit us up on podcast too, because we'll be there. Um, maybe a little bit more than we'll be on YouTube as of right now. So follow us as a podcast because we'll have everything for you there. But I am excited to chat with you about it, Sandra. I think we mentioned this a little bit on our preview. Love to bring a little bit of the preview onto the recap. But in our previewing, we talked about that. How the buildup, the the window from the Tokyo Olympics till now has sort of gone by in a blink. It just feels like we were talking about that bronze medal finish that we've, you know, seen massive players rotated into camps. And now we got the 23 player roster. And right when they were playing that Ireland series in April, they dropped the news. Hey, this is when the send-off match is going to be. It's going to be on July 9th in San Jose against Wales. And we were counting down the days even more from then. So to finally have this game and, and get to sort of talk about it and analyze it a little bit, because let's be honest, there are some things to talk about still as we're going into this World Cup. But it's a win. And maybe, just maybe, despite the tale of two halves there, uh, 
that's a good way to head off, I think, into your mm -hmm. World Cup group stage. The For United sure. States uh, facing Wales in San Jose, California. Shout out to the sellout here, 18,000 to send off the United States on their World Cup journey scenes. Good vibes going into this one. Massive. I mean, this was a game that when we had previewed, we kind of talked about who we were going to see, what we could expect um, from this Welsh side as well. When you when you look at Wales, they're ranked 30th in the FIFA ranking. This was their first time playing outside of Europe. They are not going to a World Cup, but this Welsh side um, ha had a devastating loss right in the in the qualifiers for the World Cup against Switzerland. They're a very talented team. We also talked a little bit about Jess Fishlock, um, and it's an NWSL international crossover weekend, and I was wrong. I was like, Jess Fishlock's not going to play for OL Reign. She was. I, I'm like a little bit confused about the logistics of it because to go from Seattle, Washington to Orlando, Florida, and then somehow get to San Jose, California must have been a heck of a travel for Jess Fishlock. She ends up with a little bit of a knock at the during the OL Reign game, so she does not feature for Wales today. She was not available off the bench we didn't get to see her um but it, it was for Gemma Granger the the manager um she had some good lineups I think the game plan for this whale side was pretty impressive to see the way they rolled out they you could tell that they were going to play in a low to mid block against the United States and force everything wide um it was really tight really compact down the spine for this Welsh side and the the lanes and the the flanks for the United States were wide open and they didn't really utilize that in my opinion until the end of the first half and then into the second half but it was so narrow in the front line for the U.S. um but let's get into it starting lineups everything that happened i mean that's kind of like my take on wales though at this point like they came out and defensively had a game plan that looked pretty good and i think they grew with confidence throughout the game because the goals for the united states did not come um until the 76th minute right until no, the I, final 15 minutes i like the, that you're actually starting with that a little yeah. bit because that, that's the energy i think that's that's sort of the immediate reaction and takeaway uh, out of this game of course you know maybe with the starting lineups too that's where you sort of get those preliminary kind of reactions whether it was for for wales or the united states really because i mean you meant you touching on just fishlock and, and the fact that they dropped their starting 11 and, and you don't see you know the all-time capped player for Wales on the men or women's side of the game leading goal scorer for for this team not not available or unable at this point to to go ahead and, and really take part of look it's a historic match I think in their national team program we talked about that a bit on the preview as well um you know folks maybe get fixated on a number oh they're a 30 ranked team but they're a top 10 ranked team within UEFA uh you know in terms of your all across European competitions and getting the opportunity to play outside of Europe, massive opportunity, right, for, for this program and to not have your most iconic yeah. player, essentially, um, for lack of a better word or phrasing, it's kind of a bummer. It sucked to, to yeah. have to see. But it was nice to see that she was in good spirits, tweeting about the game and, you know, excited to to, to be there and, and willing the the team on. Um, and it Within that, though, you you take a look and see, okay, who are going to be some some players inside of this uh, uh, starting eleven for Wales who were going to maybe cause some problems mm -hmm. for this national team? Because I think that's the other thing where we're looking for in this one. It's a send off game, and in the preview, we were curious about. Some of the level of play, is it going to get chippy or physical at times? Is there sort of a, uh, you know, a, a friendly agreement between the two sides to just sort of go out and have a good uh, run out there? You, we heard from Adonofsky that the number one priority was just to exit this match healthy. And yeah. then, you know, the result would be kind of secondary. So I, I think kind of looking at the at the Wales lineup, obviously not seeing Fishlock. That's a pretty big name that's missing. But we talked a little bit about Angren James as well in the in the preview as the player to maybe look out for here in this game. And while I agree that gave some problems in the midfield at times, Rana Roberts in this game for <laughs> Wales really covering a ton of ground there. Talk about having to have uh, some defensive responsibility uh, going up against Thompson or Smith whenever they switch and at times having to deal with Crystal Dunn. But maybe that type of individual performance is something that motivates a team. Because on the other side, 
for the United States starting 11, there were, I think, maybe some surprises here because on the preview, we talked about wanting to see or get a glimpse at what we think would be the ideal starting 11 for this United States women's national team. And I don't know if this is actually it, Lisa. Yeah, this is not what I predicted for sure. I mean, you can you can fact check me on our preview episode. I um, I thought we would see what we would see heading into the World Cup. I thought that we would maybe get a glimpse of the starting eleven that we'll see come two Fridays from now. However, maybe this is it, right? I mean, I can't predict the future, but I just don't think this was it. And that's that's what I alluded to at the beginning when saying Vlako Anonofsky, head coach for the U.S., kept his cards close to his chest um, in terms of what the starting lineup is going to look like and, and how that's going to roll out. Um, but in terms of like the back line, when you look at what Vlako Anonofsky did roll out with Alyssa Nair in goal, you and I talked about that. What would happen? Would, would he split time? But nope, she got a full 90 minutes. Looks like she will be the number one goalkeeper, as she has been for the last several years, heading into this World Cup series. And the back four, Dunn, Gurma, Cook, and Fox. That That's what I predicted. Um, but fascinating that, this was the first time the back four has ever played together, those four players. And to me, that was a shocking fact. I mean, I'm sure if I thought about it, I would have realized that. But the fact that it's usually been a sour run in there or a huerta and then a rotation happening. But fascinating to see that. I think that overall they did a really good job and we got to see how the difference is going to be between a Dunn and a Fox on the outside because Crystal Dunn will utilize the flying space. That's what she did in this Wales game. She really attacked. She was able to move forward. Whereas Fox likes to cut inside. She likes to get the ball at her feet and cut inside and kind of dictate play centrally a little bit more, which is just something that Gurman and Cook have to get used to if that's the way they're going to play. And when Fox was doing that, the midfielder would pop out. Um, but it, that's the back four and then the back five that they started with um, that I think I thought was going to happen. But then that it gets it gets a little tricky moving forward. Yeah. The front six, um, it was Sullivan, Haran and Ashley Sanchez in the midfield for Vlako Anonofsky. This surprised me. I mean, I really thought we were going to see Rose Lavelle and we didn't get to see her at all throughout this game. I understand not wanting players to get injured, wanting to keep them healthy and and run into it. Um, but I just think to go from not playing a single minute in a game yeah. from April to the World Cup is a really long stretch from Rose Lavelle considering they said she was cleared in this game against Wales. Yeah, that, that came up a couple times, right? I think on the broadcast, so no matter where you are watching, it sort of mentioned, oh, she's medically cleared. And, and hey, that's great. That's a box that's checked off, right? But I think the other box that folks are, are looking to get checked off is are the actual physical minutes. So, you know, when is that going to come? And now I think it's pretty clear that it's not going to come until actual World Cup play. But I'm with you, though. I think in terms of looking at this starting 11, there's there's three, maybe even four players that uh, I didn't anticipate in terms of, you know, being what's considered the ideal starting 11 going into a World Cup. Thrilled to, to see the, the first ever start for Thompson with this team. That, that's great, mm -hmm. you know, as the as the youngest player on this team. Uh, Sanchez obviously getting into the mix in light of Roosevelt, not having, uh, you know, the the minutes today. Um, you know, and even with with Morgan and Smith, like how is that going to look moving forward yeah. up with with Thompson? Is it going to be Williams? Is it going to be uh, Rodman? You know, and even honestly, even Emily Fox, I, I think with kind of the versatility within the back line with with Sonnet, with Huerta, with those two defenders also going into this final 23 player roster, this World Cup, who is going to be that extra outside back so not seeing Ertz in this one you know I was a little curious about as well I think that's a player that you look at and say maybe that is a, someone who you slot in and kind of put that label of ideal starter in terms of Andonofsky's uh, tactics moving forward uh, and the fact that this we had heard you know in the build-up to this game that they would utilize this as preparation and Perhaps now that it's done and dusted, we know that the preparation in this was to maybe see adjustments because we yeah. saw a lot of rotation in this game. For yeah, sure. there was there was a lot of rotation in the front line, as you mentioned, Thompson, Thompson Morgan Smith. I don't think that's going to be the starting lineup at the World Cup. I think to get Thompson a start was crucial. Kind of see what she said, see, see what she could do from the jump, and and kind of impress, maybe get some of the nerves out a little bit, and and with. 
Alyssa Thompson getting the start in the front line, I, I think that there was some at some point Vlachovanovsky in media or, or in an interview had said that it's it's pretty much a like for like swap in terms yeah. of Swanson, right? That was the immediate call up as soon as Swanson went down in April against Ireland. Thompson was already on a plane at halftime of that match. Now. I personally don't think that Thompson should it is like an actual like for like swap for Swanson just in terms of experience and what happens there. But that's kind of what he alluded to saying that like, yeah, she can slot into that starting lineup wherever Swanson would have been now is Thompson. And, and yes, they have similar styles of play and they've got good instincts and they have similar skill sets that they can bring to the field. But that's something that I, I wouldn't expect to see moving forward. Honestly, I think Williams should be in there, but I'm not so sure that's going to happen. But yeah, you talked about rotation for this team um the subs didn't come until the half but yeah. that's typical we did get one sub at the half trinity rodman in for alex morgan up yeah. front there's a little bit of muscle soreness reported for alex morgan before the game so to give her 45 minutes and a run is promising and then to see rodman slot in great but interesting that she played the nine and smith still stayed out wide well, I, was, I i think it's i think it's important that you note that because we're talking about like ideal starting uh, 11s here, like what, like who are going to be the, the 11 that they preference, you have a preference for over maybe, you know, some, some other players navigating this, this group stage. Um, They haven't look. they haven't had uh, a camp or games together since April. That's something else that we talked about a bit in, in the preview. And, you know, we're just sort of fact-checking ourselves a little bit about things that we previewed in this game ahead of, of the recap. And I'll put myself on there as well. I had in the I had in my written preview on .com that this game was going to end 2-0 and that not only was it going to end 2-0, but the goals were not going to happen in this game until the second half. Yep. And guess what happened? They all came in the second you half. got it right, baby. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like, there's a, num- there's a number of things here. that in- You mentioned it already, that entire back line playing together for the first time in a, in a competitive match, going to a World Cup. We see Sanchez, you know, essentially in place of of, of Lavelle Horan and, and, and Sullivan, familiar, you know, mm-hmm. with each other. Thompson getting a first start alongside Morgan Smith. We saw some switching along that top line as well. And maybe that's where we we kind of narrow things here in, in this in this first segment of this episode. This this first half. We saw this team tried to start off on the front foot. Uh, we saw them try to get a little patient at times, maybe in spite of themselves. Look, they were getting into dangerous areas. Let's not act like they weren't. They had the majority of the possession. They were on the ball far more than mm-hmm. Wales were. Um, but there just wasn't that final pass. There just wasn't that kind of, uh, you know, kind of clinical fire that we kind of see the little bit of ruthlessness. I think that you look for sometimes as you, as this, this machine of the United States women's national team. And even though there was good movement and we saw the, the rotations and the switching of sides at point, you could just still sort of see maybe this kind of like, I don't want to say like timidness, but it took them a little bit of time to kind of unlock that, but I think a part of it is it's all a combination of all the sum of its parts that we keep talking right. about kind of over and over, kind of just like the lack of time together, the first timers on the back line together. I mean, we did see at one point, even in this first half, that there was a little bit of a scary moment in which that defensive shape tried to play out of the back. Yeah. And a li- we saw a little bit of a counter press from Wales, but Alyssa Nair was there to sort of snuff out the danger. Yeah, I think it's important that they did play out of pressure, right? Because in in the World Cup, they're going to see a high press, whether it's at the very start of the game or maybe at the start of the half or throughout the entirety, they're going to see that. And this back four needs to be able to break it. So I like that they tried that and they didn't just say, hey, let's, let's play a little bit more route one when Wales gives that counter press. Um, but I think throughout the first 45 minutes of this game for the United States, there was definitely some, I'm going to say like, kinks to shake out for this team in the best way possible. You got to dust off the cobwebs sometimes. Exactly. Dust off the cobwebs, shake off some of the nerves. It was a sold-out stadium in California. Um, A lot of players playing in front of their families and hometowns, being local. And I I think even... Lots of sun. Lots of sun. The players with like (laughs) towels over their head. Hilarious. Can we get them some baseball hats or like something? (laughs) Bucket hats? I don't know. Um, But... Even like Alyssa Thompson to start the game, there was moments where it was like 
her legs were moving too fast. She ends up tripping over herself. I think the first ball she gets and, and going in line, trying to cross it in, it was like very tiny things that they just needed to shake off. And that's why you have a send off game. Even the decision-making I think throughout the first half was at times questionable for me more so in the final third and the final moment to get a goal because they do so much hard work in the buildup, working the ball around the off ball movement, passing it, switching the ball from side to side. Uh, but then the final pass, the final shot, the final cross was off, whether the shot sailed over the crossbar or um, the cross was to no one and, and pretty much miss hit and sent out of bounds or the cross wasn't to someone like this is a at a level where the players that are getting headline need to take a peek inside the box and see, okay, where are my runners? You should have one front post, should have one back post, and you should have one around the penalty spot, maybe one also at the top of the box, just like as a general guideline. And if your crosses aren't going to those spots when runners are open, to me, that's something that's like, okay, you need to fix that. And as the game progressed, we did see that get yeah. fixed. We did see them make a, a more influential decisions in the final end of the field in the attacking third. You know, I think, I think that's the other side of the coin, right? And we'll, we'll definitely talk about it after the break in terms of giving the second half and the, and the substitutes their due dap and props and all of that. But for, to close out this first half, you know, it's an important point that you bring up about the set pieces. Cause I, th I was like somebody, my somebody water these crops for set piece services. We, we saw some questionable stuff from the corner flags that I mean, they ended up closing out this half with like eight corners. And I would argue that half of them were yeah. not great service into the box. You could tell they're missing Swanson. Yeah. Let's be honest. She took all the corners for them. Um, and now to have a, a, a slew of players taking them, right? We saw Sophia Smith take them, Ashley Sanchez from the right side. Savannah DeMello took them when she came in. Um, I mean, any player is capable at this level of taking them, but they have to be better. They have to be more clinical. And you're exactly right. As the game progressed, the set pieces got better. The crosses from the wide areas got a lot better. And, and they were finding targets, not just blindly crossing or sending them in. And like this is also, it was good defense by, by yeah. Wales right? Like they did a really good job of marking up, marking space, getting to the first and second balls, making it difficult for the U.S. to win them. But it's only going to get harder for the United States as they progress throughout this summer and the World Cup. I will say there was a part of this first half. And like I said, I mentioned, I even wrote it in the, in the prediction part of the preview where I was like, you know what? There's enough here, though. There's enough. There's enough A time and B mm -hmm. players to maybe make some adjustments and turn some things around. And essentially we did see that happen in the second half. So make sure you stick with us because we're going to break down the second half for you after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, the second half of this game provided the highlights. It provided the goals. It uh, provided some different looks because I'll say at the scoreless half, if you're Wales, you got to be feeling great about how you just held the number one ranked team, the totally. reigning World Cup champions, to a scoreless draw at the half. And if the United States, maybe you're like, hey, what are we talking about in the locker room? Something that we got introduced to for officially after the recent announcement of the co-captaincy of this team. It's Lindsey Horan. Alex Morgan, Haran wearing the armband in this match as both of those players got the start. Uh, look, 
I was eager to see what was going to come out from this locker room mm-hmm. in the second half, not just the possibility of substitutions, which we didn't see right away. We did see Trinity Rodman come in for Alex Morgan, but mostly that next window, that hour-ish mark, is where we started to see more influx of player rotation in this match. And I respect it. I, I Look, they wanted to give that initial 11 or 10 more or less players to to try to give them the opportunity to finally unlock some things didn't happen around, you know, maybe the, the 55 minute mark. I think I got a little nervous as if we're starting to see some frustrations boil over uh, a little bit. We saw, you know, Lindsay Horan giving an earful to, to the official saying, Hey, we're taking some pretty physical bumps here along the way. Uh, we saw her have some words with a Wales player over a free kick. And I was like, Oh no, let's not get into that headspace. But you know what? The captain turns out was correct. Maybe there needed to be a little bit of a reaction, perhaps, to sort of get things going. Because shortly after that, we do see some more subs come in. We see Sophia Huerta get into this game. We see Lynn Williams get into this game. We get to see, finally, the senior national team debut of Savannah DeMello. And I was so excited for that. My initial reaction was in the halftime was I would like to see Williams and DeMello get into this game. They're obviously having some troubles unlocking some things against Wales here. It's apparent that Rose Lavelle is not going to get minutes in this game. Who do you bring in off the bench to try to bring that dog into the game to sort of say, all right, let's go and shake things up. And I think DeMello is a very good kind of prototypical player in that sense. They were also struggling on those set pieces, Lisa. And we know that in NWSL, Mello is an absolute shark. I know. Set piece. And we saw her get a chance on a corner. We finally see some good delivery from the corner flag. Yeah. That was the Mello. best chance they had from DeMello on the corner. Sullivan making a good run. You almost thought it was going to be there. They had to have a goal line clearance by the Wales defender. I mean, massive clearance. Like, that was fantastic um, on the defensive play by the Welsh side. But finally, you're exactly right. DeMello is whipping balls in with enough pace um, at the right level and and picking out targets. It finds the head of Andy Sullivan, and then it is a goal line clearance. But the substitutes, I mean, that did come in. I mean, it's very typical to see maybe one at halftime and then around the 60-minute mark, and that's Rodman at half, um, and then Huerta, Williams, and DeMello coming in. I, I wanted to see DeMello, right? You you don't want to get your first cap when you're already in the World Cup. Like, this was good. Shake it out. I think there was definitely some moments where you could tell she was thinking a little bit. When, when you get into a camp and you're getting new instructions from a new team, um, you have a lot of roles that you have to play and a lot of directions that you have to follow and understanding not only your role, your spacing on the field, how the team is looking to play, but the 10 other players around you, frankly, like you need to know their role that way when they do something, whether it's in line with what they're supposed to be doing or not, you can adjust and adapt and, and fill those holes. So wheels were turning for DeMello and she stepped on the pitch. And I think very quickly she was able to shake that off and say, you know what, I'm just playing this game. I'm playing the game of soccer and I'm going to do good things with it. But Trinity Rodman, for me, obviously the super sub in how things happened. But it started, I think, well before the goals actually started coming in the final 15 minutes. Because to start the second half, she was a bit all over the place. Um, Getting in, trying to get involved, trying to have a, a different role than Alex Morgan played, which was incredibly quiet incredibly quiet. And so with that, we saw movement from the front three, Sophia and Thompson, Sophia Smith, Alyssa Thompson, and Trinity Rodman be a bit more different once Rodman was in there. And then as soon as Lynn Williams stepped onto the pitch for for Alyssa Thompson, it was incredibly different. I, I wonder how much conversation was given to Lynn Williams before she stepped on the pitch around the 64th minute about the spacing on the field and where it could be because we saw Williams dropping back so deep in the midfield to pick up the ball, um, get onto it, and and that's what ultimately spurred the goals that came for the United States as it, as it continued to run throughout this game. Lynn Williams, she got this hockey assist in the first goal, but that's why. Her role was so deep in the midfield. She was able to pick it up, and she was dishing these 
25, 35 yard passes on a dime to her teammates. And she did it a number of times, wish, whipping it out wide, whether she was finding DeMello or Smith or Rodman. And ultimately the, the goal that comes from it um, with just under 15 minutes to go in the game, the 76th minute is uh, from Willen Williams to Sophia Smith to Trinity Rodman into the goal. I um I love to see it. I, I I I'm not trying to minimize it by by any way, shape, or form. I've just had some time to come down from it. I was absolutely hyped when I saw this goal come to life. You love, love, love to see it. it yes, it took <laughs> over 75 minutes to get to this point, but I'm with you in pointing out all of the buildup to that moment. I think if you're looking at it from minute one to minute 76 yeah that's a long time but how this goal comes to life is part of two players who came off of the bench at halftime alongside yeah. Sophia Smith and I I love the unselfishness of Sophia Smith in in this moment to get this opening goal because we've talked about that and referenced that a lot in the play of Trinity Rodman that she is also at times a very selfless yeah. player and will look for the pass or look for the open player instead of being the one to go ahead and put it away. So to sort of have the very intelligent presence of mind and quick decision-making to see Williams, to make that alternate run alongside Smith, to be that open and extra. To stay on side. like. It sounds so simple, but there was so much space for Rodman to just overrun on this play, and she didn't. She stayed well behind Smith, so it wasn't going to be offside. There was no opportunity for that. Yeah, I mean, it, it was really an overall it, group effort from the front line, and that's that's what you want. That's what you want in a send-off yeah. game. The fact that all three are contributing in goal-scoring opportunities, the unselfishness, the runs in the box, um, it, it was fantastic. And for Trinity, when they said this, it was only her third goal of her career, the first of the year for Trinity Rodman. I, I heard the can crack open. <laughs> I heard it. As soon as that goal went in, it was like, he's ready. The can's been open. She's Rodman's ready to unleash. If you had any doubts before this game, before the 76th minute when it happened, I hope everyone took a sigh of relief because once the jar opens for Rodman and she gets that first goal, they're going to continue to come. And hey, we saw that just about 12 minutes later in this game. I love how it comes after kind of a frustrating moment, honestly. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's the other part of this that I really love because – Something that we've heard, you know, or seen with Rodman as we've, you know, watched NWSL and watched her play with the United States women's national team. You even hear opposition and defenders, you know, that, that Rodman is, is a young player, a player that maybe you could get under her skin or, or frustrate a bit, you know, out on the She's wing. got a short temper and all, she'll all get a couple those, yellow cards. Of, yeah, yeah, all of that kind of jargon, right, that we've heard about Rodman. And it's like to, to know that just minutes – before this goal happens, there's some contact just outside of the box, right? The, her teammates, she herself looking at the official saying, hey, like what's yeah. going on here? Where's the card? Where's the None of that. She's not given that. But you know what? Okay. She doesn't stay in that. Focused. focused. I, that's what. That's why I loved this opening goal. I don't care that it comes at the 75th minute. The fact that it is created and brought to life by by Williams and Smith and Rodman, and that it was such a cool, cool, calm and collected finish by Rodman. Chef's kiss, absolutely. And it ultimately is the game winner. They don't need a brace from no, Rodman. No. They but do. she provides it anyway. But she provides <laughs> they, it anyway. They need a brace from her because at, at this point, Welsh, uh, that Wales is still in it, right? Their confidence is still in it. Mentally, they're still in it after that first, first goal because they just held the number one team in the world to zero goals until the 76th minute, and they still have a chance and an opportunity. So the second goal uh, coming in the 88th minute is is one that just seals the deal. It puts the tape on the box for it. it second goal from Rodman. And as you said, it does come after a frustrating slew of, of moments. But my favorite part of watching these goals, and, and one of the things that's really crucial for me as an analyst, is to see how it develops, how they continue to go back, um, and what really sets the tone for the play. And sometimes it's a couple minutes before, right? Whoever makes the really hard tackle in the back, whoever gets into it. 
DeMello started this play because they United States had a wave of pressure onto the goal and Wales was clearing the ball out and their defenders had a little bit of time to send the ball up, which just would have reset things for the United States. They would have still collected. It wasn't a big transition moment for Wales. And out of nowhere, Savannah DeMello comes streaking into the screen and she makes a tough tackle. She doesn't get all the ball in this tackle, but it's enough to deflect it. And that deflection then bounces around. And that's where we see Trinity authoritatively jump on top of it after she had a look at on goal just a few moments before and it didn't work out. And she curls it. She 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 looks at the goal and understands where the spatial awareness is and fixes her mistake that she made just minutes before in striking it too hard, going for the power. Instead, she finds finesse behind the ball outside the top of the 18 and curls it in. But it starts with DeMello's defensive work initially in the box to prevent an easy clearance from Wales. We get the the stamp on it. We get Rodman delivering it. It's the win. It's the full 2-0 win for this team before they have to head off to a World Cup. So where do they go from here? What comes next? Well, we know that they're literally about to get on a plane tonight and head off to New Zealand to begin their World Cup stage. And they're going to go up against Vietnam to kick things off. They're going to face off against Netherlands. They're going to face off against Portugal. They're going to play the entirety of their World Cup group stage in New Zealand. So we know that that is the immediate Mm -hmm. thing that comes next. But in terms of what comes out of this particular game, is there something else that you want to see from the coaching staff, players, like going into this World Cup match day one? I mean, in terms of between now and then, I don't think I'm going to see too much. I mean, it comes down to media availability and interviews and those conversations. But internally within this team, I want them to continue to talk about their roles on this team and continue to understand what the team needs from them. I think there was, there's a moment where black one talked about Lynn Williams and saying that she is the best 15 minute player in the world and she will come on. And it, even in as little as 15 minutes, as soon as she steps on the field, she will make a difference in the game. And perhaps that's her role moving forward. A 15-minute player, that's when we saw her come on in this game. She didn't sub on until the 65th minute. Um, I, I think she would like to be a little bit longer of an impact player. But I think it's more of the idea that there is a lot of transparency between the coaching staff and the players. And, of course, it's this mentality of uh, next player up always and and you're always going to fill in and step for the team. But as a player, if you understand your role and understand what the team needs from you and you can kind of – I don't want to say accept that, but come come to terms with that and understand really what it means fully from all sides of it – you can head into a World Cup with that much more confidence. And that way, when you are called upon to do a different role, you're ready for it. But you also know that, hey, if that opportunity never comes, this is what you're here to do. And I think we saw different roles throughout this game, right? If Lynn Williams is that game changer that comes in off the bench and can spark a difference, and and maybe that's the way that the coaching staff sees her in a way that she can learn, right? Hey, Lynn, sit right next to me and we're going to talk about this game for the first 45 minutes and you're going to see where the spaces are and then you go in and that's where you capitalize on the game. Uh, also with Megan Rapino and what her role is, with Lindsay Horan as the captain, with Gurma and Cook in the back line, their roles on this team, that's what I want to see from this this group because there are so many new players, young players getting those caps. If they can at least be in control of what the team wants from them, I think it's going to be a much more positive experience moving forward for this side. All right. All right. I like that. I think that's a good note to take a break. We're going to chat a little bit more about this game, close it out, maybe about some things that we didn't see or who we didn't see. We'll be back after a quick break. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step. The reason building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, 
invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account. Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right. If you're just joining us after a break on our live reaction here for the United States Women's National Team recap, a 2-0 win against Wales. They now head off to New Zealand to begin their camp in the march towards the group stage, which kicks off for them on July 21st against Vietnam. What comes out of this game? What we didn't see, who we didn't see, and a chance for us to to react to this news as well. We actually didn't see Megan Rapino in this game. We were curious if whether or not we would, just because she is a Redding, California native, a Northern California native, and she recently announced that this is going to be her final World Cup tournament. She will be hanging up the cleats at the conclusion of her NWSL season with OL Reign. And it came, literally, the announcement just the day before the team took the pitch against Wales. And I think something important to note out of the announcement, out of the press conference, was the fact that, yeah, Rapino wanted to just sort of have the headline out there before the team even went to the World Cup. The 38-year-old forward said, yeah, We'll think about that. Those questions will follow her. Uh, could you imagine if she tried to come back for another World Cup cycle and what the story would be there? Would rather just sort of have the decision and the headline out there already. But we didn't see her actually play in this yeah. game before they left. So, yeah, I think, I think the, as I was saying right before we took the break, role players. And for Megan Rapino, her role on this team this summer is is going to be even less than it was perhaps at the Olympics and, 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 and just less in terms of minutes on the field. It's still a giant role that she has to do and, and, and play for this team, but she is going to be a player that does so much more off the pitch for them than she does on the pitch. I know someone in our comments said, um, I apologize. I can't find it right now and throw it up, but she's going to come on and, and score the PKs at the end. Yeah. <laughs> You bet she might in, in a, a game where it's coming down to penalty kicks at the end of it. Yeah, I see her stepping on in the final five minutes just to knock down a penalty kick. Why not? Um, but that's that's kind of the role that you expect to see from this kind of player who has already won two World Cups. She's won an Olympic gold medal. She's a Ballon d'Or winner. She's done so many different things at the World Cup. Golden boot, golden ball. She's won everything. And she alluded to this. She is very lucky to be able to go out and choose to go out of a career and choose when and be able to announce it and and go to another World Cup, right? Go to a fourth one and say, this is what I'm going to do and, and this is the role I'm going to play. I think it's a headspace that she's kind of been in for a little bit. And she alluded to this when she announced yeah. her retirement. It's a headspace for Megan Rapino that she knows she's done and she's at the end of the road. And she is now sharing that with everyone that way um, she's not the only one dealing with it, right? It's a little bit of sense of like, okay, let me get this off my chest a little bit. Yeah. I am done after this. I am I am ready to go. I'm going to give it my all until through the World Cup, until the end of the NWSL season. I bet she still wants to win an NWSL championship. I bet she does. <laughs> but one thing that uh, is not on her giant oh. resume she does not have a championship. She's got three shields in the NWSL, a couple World Cups, a couple medals, but no championship. So um, I'm really happy for her. I mean, the legend, a goat for Megan Rapinoe. She's done so much to the game on the field, off the field, and I know she'll continue to be an influence um, and a, a leader and, and uh, a mentor for a lot of players that grow up and honestly an icon for the world of, of women's soccer and what she's been able to do for the sport. I mean – 
we already saw some of the reaction to that, right, from from her teammates. I mean, Alex Morgan saying that her immediate reaction was that they had to just go out and win the whole damn thing now. Like, they have to. There's yeah. just, like, no, there's no choice. There's no choice. You know, we saw the clip of Crystal Dunn getting very emotional in the mix zone about it, um, you know, shedding a few tears about – Megan Rapino, the the person, the player, the teammate, the friend, um, and how instrumental she's been for for Dunn in, in her career to to this point with the national team. So it's it's just, you know, it's one of those things. That I'm I'm grateful for it. I think even for us, just as as folks who are going to cover this World Cup in a content media capacity. Um, to just, yeah, kind of have that news mm-hmm. already out there and just kind of have it be done and dusted. And now now it's actually just part of one of the many storylines going into a World Cup instead of like the unanswered question or the unknown um, type of question, like answer around this question going into this World Cup. So, you know, I think, you know, you mentioned even the NWSL championship, right? The one mm-hmm. that maybe that she hasn't won because you go through all of the accolades for this player, whether they're individual for team, you know, at this point, two world cups, Olympic medals, right. Multiple NWSL shields with, with the rain, um, Ballon d'Or winner, a FIFA <laughs> best winner. Like, uh, like you just go down. Like you can four times she believes, three time Concacaf championship. Like, just like so you can just go down through everything, individual, team, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's like you also can look out and create like this other third list in terms of everything that she's accomplished off of the pitch, you know, and outside of the locker room as well. That this player has. For a very long time, been that kind of vocal component, that that face for for the team when it comes to off field issues or, uh, you know, issues that are very important to her. You know, she was the first player to to publicly come out uh, and be, kind of be a face for LGBTQ plus causes mm-hmm. in in this nation and for future players on the team to maybe kind of feel comfortable within themselves and their role and their place on the team. She was the first ever white female athlete to to take a knee in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick and in, in his protest. And depending on who you ask, there's going to be a lot of different reaction to that. Um, and she absolutely changed up things for the course of U.S. soccer. They put out, they made up like a Megan Rapino rule in light of her protest. And then they actually rescinded it and issued an apology around it as well in 2020. So these are just a number of things that we're not even touching on the fact that she has obviously been yeah. a vocal component as part of the equal pay lawsuit litigation the open litigation that they went through in 2019 against u.s soccer and now to sort of kind of put things together in a nice little bow you know and like there's a there's a historic collective bargaining agreement between the u.s women's national team and the men's team there's just all of these things so it's like when you're looking at all of like we're going through these different titles and medals and individual and team awards like you also have like this list of things that she has had an impact on off of the pitch so it's just one of these moments where you know this is a player that is so prolific and so iconic to the point where she's just not going to be forgotten about even though she's not playing that you're even though she won't be playing with uh, the team in another world cup so um the news broke and we wanted to give ourselves the opportunity to try to react to this and react to the fact that no we did not see her in the send-off game in her north uh northern california region right where, where she's from so who knows maybe that means there's still a little bit of Rapino magic left to be seen and reserved for the upcoming World Cup. We'll have to keep an eye on that for sure. Something else that we're keeping an eye on, NWSL, I don't know if you guys knew this, but <laughs> not only were there games this weekend, but there's actually games happening at this moment. So thanks for joining us because you could be watching some NWSL action right now. We've got a couple scores that we need to go through for everyone and hit you with a quick recap of this before we exit. Orlando picking up a win over Oral Rain, 1-0, a goal from Messiah Bright. We've got Racing Louisville, 2-1 over Kansas City Current. We've got Houston Dash, unfortunately, dropping yeah. 
a law a loss to Houston because Chicago Red Stars will not be stopped during the World Cup period. A 1-0 win for Chicago Red Stars. San Diego and Washington Spirit played out to a 2-2 draw in Gotham and Portland gave us a stunner apparently. 2-1 for favor of Gotham. Go Bats and Angel City and North Carolina Courage will kick off in about half an hour if you're joining us live <laughs> on YouTube. You can catch it on Paramount Plus. Make sure you tune into it because the soccer never sleeps, of course, but Love to see it. There will be a, a break now from the regular yeah. season in NWSL. That will take place from now, the, ten, the beginning of the 10th, all the way through um, August 4th, I believe. And then yeah. there will be some Challenge Cup matches that take place over the course of this World Cup period. So you could still tune in and catch some competition games uh, there. Uh, but Love to see it. Love to see NWSL also go out with a bang as well as the United States. For sure. We we didn't do too great on all of our picks. It's all right. It happens. (laughs) Look, there's a lot of players missing. We we even at one point in our preview said, look, this might be a weekend where there's a ton of draws. And it turns out we only got one. But some narrow score lines too in there as well. You know, we got to show some love to these uh, kind of bottom half, like, you know, lower half table teams because they're taking advantage of the fact that some of these other clubs don't have a lot of their superstars at the moment. And with these two weeks that we just had as players were gone for international duty, some of these teams have stepped up in other ways. So, you know, Orlando pride being one of those teams, obviously Chicago red stars current falling just short uh, this time, but have a win in the week prior racing Louisville though, also another win for them going into, into this break. So it's, it's going to be a fun stretch of games when everybody returns and the regular season returns in August. Yeah, it should be really entertaining. I think we're already starting to see it, the opportunity of some of these other players, national team replacement players or players that have been on teams and rosters but are now trying to get more and more consistent minutes, whether that's a start, playing 90, whatever it may be. It's the opportunity for these players and anything can go. It makes the games so entertaining. They have been up until this point. We get one more tonight um, to kind of close out the weekend in the NWSL as Angel City uh, against North Carolina. Um, Watch it on Paramount Plus, but it's a good time. Good time for football. Soccer never sleeps, and sometimes that's true for us as well here on Attacking Third, but that's going to be a wrap for us today. We want to try to get in this Angel City and North Carolina Courage game, so we're going to let you all get to it as well. Thank you all for listening to Attacking Third. Download, follow, and listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash attacking third to get alerts for whenever we go live. And we are going to be back with even more content for you this week. So stay tuned. For Sandra Utter and Lisa Carlin, this was Attacking Third. <laughs>